At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey, everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Wendy. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Ozark. Today, we are recapping Ozark seasons one through the first part of season four. We're also going to talk about our hopes, if we're allowed to have any, um, and, and fears for the last half of season four, which concludes the series. Mostly fears, I feel like. Mostly fears. I'm almost like, are we allowed to have any hopes? This is not a hopeful show (laughs) at all. (laughs) I don't want to set myself up by having any hope. I know. Uh, You're going to get hurt. Going to get hurt. And if we did have hope, it would be like that someone survives. Yeah. Can we we at least (laughs) just not have everyone die? Because I feel like that's kind of where we're at. Everyone's just going to die. That's how I feel like it's getting set up. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, before we jump into, um, you know, like where where we're at, I want to just say thank you, Wendy, um, (laughs) so much for, uh, you know, asking to cover this show. I love Ozark and I've always wished we had covered it somehow and the schedules just never aligned. Every time they were releasing it on Netflix, it just never, we were always in the middle of something else and it was just always something, something else. And you came to me with this idea and I'm like a hundred percent if you're willing to to take the lead on this so thank you thank you thank you um welcome to the strange indeed team (laughs) you're you're already a part of podcastica so we're all in the podcastica family but um you're gonna be a, a you know the lead contributor for ozark podcast so thank you so much thank you for allowing me to do this I'm really excited about it I I really liked seasons one and two, Mm -hmm. but I think it was when I was watching season three, which I was late to, Mm -hmm. I started to get so excited about this show. And I feel like season three is probably where it really started, the action really started to just ramp up. You're so right. And I just got so excited. And I'm like, I, I, we need a podcast on this. I know. This is, there's... We do a lot of dark shows for sure, but Ozark is just so friggin' perfect for Strange Indeed. I mean, it, it has everything. It has all the elements. And yeah, I'm just, I'm kicking myself that, you know, I just, I should have found a way. I don't know. Or maybe went back even after it was, um, even after it had aired. But man, I tell you what, when we talk about it often here on Strange Indeed, because we do a lot of Netflix shows, you know, it, it, it airs, people binge it in a weekend or a week, and then it's, it's gone and off people's minds and they're moving on to something else. And it's hard to hold on to our audience. And we've tried, you know, sometimes to, uh, come back to a show that has already aired and, you know, you're a couple months out and it's hard to kind of get people engaged because they've moved on even though ozark is is an amazing show it's no different people watch it uh binge it and then move on it's still a regret of mine but i'm i'm thrilled because we're definitely going to you know be recapping uh the first three seasons we're going to talk about the first half and we're at least going to come in here for the end and give it a proper send-off so yeah i'm super excited i'm with you it's a hell of a show 
And I think it goes without saying, but if you are not completely caught up on Ozark (laughs) all the way through season four, episode seven, turn off your computer and go get caught up and come back to us because we are definitely going to be spoiling everything up to this far. Absolutely. Good point um, to, to bring up and make sure we reiterate that this this is going to spoil seasons one, two, three, and the first um, half of season four, uh, which which aired not that long ago. It was gracious of, of them to decide not to make us wait too long for that second half. Yes. Um, so, you know, that just finished airing um, just a not long ago, like a month or so ago or more, maybe more. I don't remember. I just watched the last episode not too long ago. So I was trying to hold out to get it as close to this as I could. Wow. Well, good on you for being fresh because I, yeah. I drew it. I don't, I don't like binging shows and watching like an entire season in like a weekend or anything. I think I had it stretched out for like f- at least four weeks, three, four weeks at least kind of drew it out. It's just one of those shows, at least for me, I have to take it in. I got to, it's so intense. I don't think my heart could take it. (laughs) Not this show. Not this show. I joke, uh, it's a joke, but not a joke that, you know, people ask me about the show and should they watch it? I'm like, not if you have a heart condition. Yeah. Because (laughs) I know my blood pressure skyrockets when I watch this show. So, and there's a lot of emotions. If you haven't, if you haven't seen um, all of Ozark up until the first half of season four here, go back and watch it and come back to us. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk it out. So what we're going to do is we're just going to briefly recap each season and talk about our highlights from each season. And I also have a little section here where I talk about the deaths for each season. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and get started with season one. Marty starts a financial advising company with his friend, Bruce. And somewhere along the line, Marty and his partners start to cook the books for a Mexican drug cartel. Never a good idea. You know, I, I never hear it ending well, but um, <laughs> they did it now, anyway. if somebody came to me and said, we've got this really great offer. You could be the private nurse for, uh, and when I heard cartel, I, I hope I'd say no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd like I'd like to think that I would. I'd hope I'd have a choice in the matter anyway. I feel like sometimes choices aren't always given in this show. Yes, once it's once you're on the train, yeah. it's hard to get off. When you're in, yeah. the, when you're in the game, as they say. So I actually went back and watched the first episode, which is just a crazy good episode. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get hooked on that episode, I don't know what you'd get hooked on. Exactly. The whole premise of the show starts because Marty is about to be killed by the cartel when a flyer for the Ozarks falls out of his pocket. Mm -hmm. And I just love how kind of it feels really random at the time. And I think that's the point. He kind of leaps on this. I think he had almost accepted the fact that he was just going to die. He was trying to send a last message to his kids when this falls out of his pocket and he just grasps onto this idea and almost a stream of consciousness, like what can save my life? Mm -hmm. And he geniusly just talks his way out of being killed and convinces the guy that he has this master plan to make money in the Ozarks for the cartel. And then he makes it all happen. And that's what the show is like one foot in front of the other of trying to stay alive and make this happen. It really is amazing and random. It is. It is. Uh, Yeah, it felt it felt organic 
first episode just immediately was like, whoa, uh, mm-hmm. that was amazing. A really great way to start off this show in that premiere. If, if you're not hooked, then wow. But yeah, really great start because I love I'll just start. I love Jason Bateman. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people our age really do. We all kind of grew up with Jason Bateman, right? Child actor. And, you know, and he's just he's amazing. I love him in so many things. I think he's really great. And he's so underrated. And I know that very much. But even in this show, I feel like this show still is not talked about enough. I'm like, why is this not blowing up everywhere? Right. And I, Mm -hmm. I, I think it does have a really good, strong fan base, but I still don't feel like it's as big is what it should be and what it deserves. And especially performances by uh, Laura Linney and, and Jason Bateman. They're absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I love his character, Marty, so much. I l- love that. How does this dude stay so calm in the face of all of these impossible situations and how, and it's brilliant in the get-go, you really get a sense of Marty in that first episode and how he can just really talk his way around things and into things and you see see my side and see why this makes sense right and he that's what he's like Mm -hmm. trying to like see why this makes sense i can help you you know he's got to prove himself to be valuable and and a reason to keep him around then it just goes from there he is thinking on his feet like he is the epitome of that because he just talks himself out of every (laughs) crazy situation that is put before him yes This is such a departure from most of the roles he's ever, Jason Bateman has ever had. And I think I remember when I first heard about Ozark and like Jason Bateman, I'm like, that just doesn't fit. It doesn't connect. Mm -hmm. But yet you watch that first episode, that's all it takes. Yeah. And he's perfect. So good. Yeah. And, And I love how I feel like that could have been a pamphlet for anywhere. It could have been a pamphlet for, you know. Deadwood, South Carolina, Baltimore, Maryland, and like Marty would have made it work. (laughs) Yeah, he would have figured it out. There's there's something there that I can go there and 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 say I can do this, you know, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine myself being in that situation, you know. I I but he's so resilient Mm -hmm. and just so creative in the way that he makes these things work. Yep. So little by little through that first season, he kind of works his way through the dark underbelly of the Ozarks, one layer at a time, in his assignment to wash $8 million for the cartel. And almost immediately, the bodies start piling up around him. (laughs) You know, he buys his way into the blue cat. Mm -hmm. He's grabbing people and things and, and just as he goes along and he just keeps down on this path. It's really entertaining Mm -hmm. and transfixing to watch. Yes, it is. It's very engaging to see his plan go into place, each piece. You know, Mm -hmm. like this, he he knows, like, here's what we have to do. We have to to wash $8 million to start. And that's just to, like, prove themselves, right, that they can do Mm -hmm. it. Um, Because they, they, if they can do it, well, then... Now they're really going to be in it because there's going to be more. And so that's just a prove to do it. And he just jumps right in. And sometimes you're like, well, now why is he doing that? But then when you start to see it all come together, you know, um, it, you're like, it's freaking brilliant, you know, yeah. it all comes together. He always has a plan and a plan B and a plan C. Mm-hmm. 
the the show is chock full of fascinating dark complex characters which i think is the key to the show's success is the characters i mean the writing is amazing the acting is amazing but the the character development for me is like the the standout absolutely 100 percent great great characters great chemistry with all of of the characters and i like how well written it is because when when all the characters are talking to each other it's how people talk to each other. It's not like, wait, that's not how people talk. You know, sometimes you watch some shows and you're just like, people don't say those things, you know, at all. This is right. very relatable and, you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just a few highlights of season one. Anything in particular for you? Well, I mean, obviously we were talking about the opener and there's a death straight away. I think that if you think about it, especially after, you know, uh, watching the rest of the seasons, you're kind of like, oh, so this is what kind of show this is going to be. Because straight away, there's a de- and it's pretty brutal and it's really shocking. So for me, that was that was definitely a highlight, you know, just to kind of set the tone for me anyway, for the series. Mm-hmm. That first episode is just mm-hmm. a doozy. It's it's really harrowing. And you're you're certain like you just can't see all these people dying, but for for a while there you're like, where is this show going? Is everyone yeah. gonna die? And I, I think you're right. Like I think it was Bruce's wife who went into the bathroom. They just start shooting oh, through the yeah. little paneled mm-hmm. wooden door and kill her. And that's where we're starting, killing this woman who didn't have anything to do with the embezzlement, but I guess she's a witness mm-hmm. to it. And that's that's where we get started. Some of the highlights for me for season one was Ruth killing her uncles. So the character of Ruth is she's just so compelling right from the beginning. I immediately liked her. I think when I went through the feedback, that's kind of a universal thing is everybody's really invested in Ruth's character and they really like her character. You can see that she's grown up with so much adversity she hasn't had a lot of things given to right. her or been treated well by her family and by the culture. Yes. And yet she has persevered and been a really strong person. And then, you know, her uncles, which are these grown men that are, should be looking after her and helping to take care of her, are like setting her up and trying yeah. to use her. And so she ends up kind of turning the tables on them and choosing – She had two paths to choose, and she chose kind of the path that Mm -hmm. was with Marty, who kind of respected her for what she could do, was giving her more responsibility and trusting her with things versus her uncles, who were kind of trying to set her up. Yeah, exactly. So when she kills them, that was a real step in a a certain direction for her. Obviously, a big turning point for her as a character and to see where her... The Langmore family, they're definitely at least always tried to say, like, family is everything and you stick to your family. However, they didn't always, I feel like, treat her that way. Like you said, they were looking to, like, they didn't treat her with respect. They just kind of undermined her. They didn't give her credit for, you know, how smart she was and how quick she was and quick on her feet, too. Like you said, Marty gave that to her. And I think that's when she just, you know, made that. No, it wasn't easy for her, clearly, for that decision. It was still her family. And she, you know, Mm -hmm. was raised to be loyal to her family, regardless of how they treat you, that you're just supposed to be loyal to your family. And I can, I can, 
so get that, you know, coming from like a, a similar, you know, type of like, well, it doesn't matter if we treat you like crap, you still have to be loyal and, and be respectful of us. And and so I get that um, and, and where she she was feeling that. But yeah, she's given this opportunity by Marty that like, he appreciates her intelligence and the things that she can bring to him thing i mean she's local so that helps you know there's she she brings so much value into what marty needs to accomplish here and uh she shines you know with that Mm -hmm. she does yeah i think the thing that also showed that this show like where it was gonna go and where it wasn't afraid to go was when the death of grace mason Mason has been threatened by the Snells. I think he was warned by Marty who tried to kind of warn him that these people are not playing Mm -hmm. and you don't want to cross them. He comes home to find his nine-month pregnant wife missing. In his home is his perfectly beautiful, Mm -hmm. completely clean newborn. So dark. Which there's nothing graphic about that scene. And yet it says so much yeah. about what we did. I'm glad see. we didn't um, because I think not seeing it is so much worse, honestly, just the implication and yep. like, you know what happened and it's just so much worse to imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and very powerful. Who could do that? Who can perform a C-section on somebody, clean up this baby and, and, dress it and just leave it in your home for you. It's absolutely crazy, but we know who is behind it, so it makes it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um but it's like wow. That that she'll do anything. Yeah. And I think that really lays the groundwork for oh, yeah. the Snells. <laughs> the Snells. Speaking of the Snells, the season ends with Marty talking his way out of another crazy, mm-hmm. you know, adventure. And he finally gets everybody sitting down at the table and a deal is brokered and everything is great. And then Darlene Snell comes I mean, along. it's, it, and it's definitely a repeating theme <laughs> with her throughout the, I'm laughing yeah. and it's not funny. But I'm dark and that's my humor. But it's definitely, mm-hmm. if you didn't know who she was before, this finale definitely, you know, told mm-hmm. you. Because that woman is crazy with a shotgun. I mean, I'm just like, by the end of, and I know we'll talk about it later, but I know like by the end of um, the, the first half of, of season four, I'm like, will someone just please like take away her shotgun shells? Yes. Just, just not keep her with a gun. I think Darlene has she a few problems. She sure does. With and all because control. he I mean, look, I I'm not <laughs> saying it was okay for him to say it, but really that's that's, you know, that's what you're going to take offense at because he called her a redneck. You know. Right. All the things. Right. Of all the things like Exactly. Yeah, I, I think she she later on gets offended by that too. Someone called her that or something or and it was just like, "Oh man, don't just don't we know what happened to the last guy she's probably still cleaning up the blood off her floor you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and she seems to get progressively worse as episodes go on do you have any other highlights for season one we could probably talk a lot about it but you know i think you definitely hit the high marks you know just a, a, 
I, I think just a really strong season in general is is where I'll kind of leave it, you oh, know, yeah. that it really does just jumps right in and it definitely sets the pace and the tone um, and was great. I love it. One of my favorite seasons. And I wrote down all the deaths for season one. We have Marty's mm-hmm. partner, Bruce, Bruce's fiance, Liz, Hanson Sr. and Hanson Jr., Wendy's lover, Sugarwood. Oh, out the freaking <laughs> off the balcony? Oh, My yeah. God. I mean, thump right in front of Marty? Yep. Wow. And I, th- I think Wendy was in the condo at that time, so she was present for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all in the first episode. Yes. Then we have Bobby Dean. We have Eugenia, who was Sam's mother. Louie, who was the cartel's former financial advisor. Ruth's uncles, Russ and Boyd. Grace Young, Mason's wife. We have Garcia. And then Del Rio and his bodyguard, finally. So we have a lot of deaths in season That's one. That's a, a, quite a hefty body count just mm-hmm. for one season. I mean, it might as well be The Walking Dead or something. <laughs> uh-huh. Or, or you know, it kind of reminds me of The Sopranos and, like, the death count and all of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good good point. A lot of, lot of deaths there, too. So that pulls us into season two. We sort of pick up right where we left off. There's no time jump or anything. The Snells and the birds are trying to cover up the death of Dell. And we have the introduction of Helen Pierce, who's the cartel's lawyer. She's she's a really key character for the next couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And um, we also start out season two with Cade Langmore, Ruth's father, getting out of prison and being thrown into the mix. Oh, yeah. Any highlights from season two? I really liked the introduction of Helen. I remember she scared the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. was just like, wow scared maybe maybe not the right word maybe intimidating like even just her presence on a tv screen i can't imagine like in real life and i guess you have to be if you're a lawyer for the cartel (laughs) it takes a certain personality and someone who who's got some some metal in them uh but i I really liked the introduction i thought she was an interesting mix with the birds Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, I thought that was uh, – that's one of my highlights for sure. I really liked the scenes with Buddy burning the Snell's poppy yeah. field and then oh, dying. God. He was a minor character, but I really liked his character as the time yeah. went on. He really became loyal to the birds and cared about them. And I think it's in season one that he saves Charlotte and Wendy – and we didn't get to know enough about him. We didn't get to um, really see enough of him and learn. I think he had a really mysterious kind of past and a story that, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get to get to know or hear. So it's a bummer um, that, that happened. Yeah. He was connected to the Casey mob in some he was, fashion. Yeah, he was connected. I think he joked that he had disappeared Jimmy Hoffa or something rather like that. And I think that it was said in a joking way, but you know how people will joke about something to that is something real, but because they, they're joking about it, it, you know, it's kind of like, oh, ha, 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 this didn't really happen, but it really kind of did. Right. <laughs> so I feel like I'm like, oh, I bet he probably did have something to do with that. Yep. Any other highlights for season two? Um... When when Marty and Wendy hand over baby Zeke to Darlene, that was a real oh. WTF moment. Yes. I I just 
I don't know that I ever fully understood their reasoning behind doing it and why they agreed to it, regardless. I think it's like so many other things is that there's not many lines they wouldn't cross to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's a big line. Very big. I mean, you you know she's a maniac. And you're handing over this little baby to her. The things that she has done, the things that they have witnessed her do, and Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think this show, there's there's probably a couple shows that I, I well, most often that I will talk back to the TV like, what are you doing? Or, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. don't go there. Um, but this show definitely is one that has me yelling or gasping very loudly when something shocking happens. And I know I was like, what are you doing? This what, <laughs> you've seen what she does and you're handing over this pure, innocent little soul you know, who, who's already got a bum deal in life, who's, um, you know, look at what his father's done, this path that he took in, in this revenge to try and get back, you know, over his wife dying. And he just it, it, it kind of had a mental breakdown for him. And the things that he did mm-hmm. lost his mother that he never got to know because of the, and I mean, this this poor kid is just set up not great in the beginning and now you're handing him over to a psycho i mean the the things that this kid all i could Mm -hmm. think about were the things that this kid was gonna grow up and witness um and now i now i believe that she believed herself to be like a good mother or that she could be a good mother but i'm like you know that she's gonna expose this child to things you know and it was just it it just Mm -hmm. like this visceral part of me and i and maybe it's because you know, I'm a mother, I know you're a mother, and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, oh my God, you know, um, that was hard, hard for me to watch. Yeah, I agree. We did see Marty killing Mason was the first time Marty had directly killed anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, directly. I like, I like, I like the directly <laughs> himself. Yeah, because I think he was responsible for He's responsible quite for, a few things. Yeah. Or people going down the avenue that led to their deaths. And he does it to save Wendy. Right. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the things that go on between them two, mm-hmm. they they do stick together and they're loyal to each other. Yeah. I, they have an interesting relationship, that's for sure. Yeah. And then the other thing that I liked and, and also thought was funny, like it's like some dark funny uh, was Darlene killing Jacob? Jacob intends to kill Darlene. He just decides that she's just too much of a liability mm-hmm. and that he needs to kill her. And so he goes out to do that. But Darlene has already caught wind of him and has poisoned him. And their exchange when he's dying is just hilarious. I mean, I know it's dark, but oh, he kind of right. says he still loves her and he understands. I think he says, I ain't even mad. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this woman, the audacity, you know, she really thinks uh-huh. that she's untouchable. Uh-huh. For sure. I think that's about it for the highlights from season two. I, I would say out of the four seasons, season two was, I loved all the seasons. I truly did. Mm-hmm. But season two was probably the less action oriented for me, less built upon the story. I thought one was phenomenal, and I thought three was just the action and was crazy, and then four topped it. Uh, and that's only half of four. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm holding judgment on four. And as far as like, at least where, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's great. But I mean, as far as rankings, as far as all yeah. the seasons of Ozark, um, I would say season, if I have to go my number one, you know, ranking at season three, probably for me, which I know we'll we'll talk about. And then. Yeah. Season three was crazy good. It, it was absolutely yeah. crazy good. So, yeah, season three is probably at, at least for now. I know we're not finished mm-hmm. with four. Um, so I'll hold judgment until we see the second half. But season three is my number one pick. And then season two or sorry, season one and then season two. It was still had a lot of great things, but it mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite um, out of the the three um, that we I think it was gotten. a lot of setup to get us to where we needed to be. Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's why season mm-hmm. three was so freaking good. Yeah. So season two ends with Frank Sr. from the Casey mob blowing up Marty's office and Wendy deciding that she doesn't want to flee as they had originally planned. She wants to stay. She's getting into what they're doing and she mm-hmm. she wants to dig them in a- even deeper. And I mean, I, I I don't know what to think about that. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that either. So the deaths that we had in season two were Tony, Ash, Senator Blake, Buddy, yeah. Mason, a crap ton of drug addicts that were killed by <laughs> Darlene's laced heroin, <laughs> Amos, Jacob, Petty, and then finally Cade. Oh, yeah. Ruth's dad. Uh-huh. That was quite a moment. That was a, a wow um, kind of moment for sure. Yeah. I Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yep. Impactful. Season three starts with a bit of a time jump. We see that Wendy and Marty have established the Missouri Bells Casino. Charlotte is now working for them. That kind of was a weird turnaround, but they made it work. But at first I was like, how did she go from being... Wanting to be emancipated to now she's working yeah. for them. But I guess, well, it's the I time guess so. jump, I, I guess. I was thinking the same. I was like, well, your attitude was a little bit different <laughs> before. Yeah. Jonah is farming gold through computers. Wendy is expanding her dealings with the cartel. And like I said, just digging in. Wyatt is squatting in other people's summer homes, gets arrested, and comes to live and work with Darlene. And Wendy meets Navarro face-to-face for the first time, which I think is a really important development. And Ruth starts a contentious relationship with Frank Jr., the mob boss's kid. And that's where we're at at the beginning of season three. Season three. Season three had a lot happening. Season three really had a lot. I know one of the standouts for me that had probably the biggest impact for me uh, was uh, Wendy's relationship with her brother, Ben who was introduced in season three. And I thought um, an interesting, interesting way to introduce him to the show. Uh, Cause you're like, what the hell is going on? Cause there's like not a lot of context mm-hmm. to it at first. Just kind of like, wait, what, who, who is this and what's going on? But it was, a, a, I think I thought a genius way to do it. Just that relationship be- between, between them as brother and sister. I don't know. I had a, a, a real reaction to, their relationship and then what ended up happening, like what Wendy did with Ben and those last two episodes that Ben was in. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know the last time that I cried so freaking hard when Wendy, mm-hmm. after she had left him and she's in her minivan and she pulls over to the side of the road and she just cries 
I mean, I was right along with her. I cried so hard. And I mean, ugly cry. My face is red. My eyes are puffy. I'm like <laughs> sobbing, you know, <laughs> I've got like the whole ugly thing going on. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, you know, I've got a younger brother. I, I think, uh, I mean, I feel like you can be emotionally invested in, in the characters mm-hmm. and what happens and things and still be sad and, and cry at this. But something about, I guess, because I'm, I'm an older sister to a younger brother who I am extremely protective of, you know, I mean, I, it's like a visceral mm-hmm. protection that I have over my little brother who can, you know, I, I won't say he's, he's like Ben or anything like that, but just like, I always feel like, um, he doesn't always make the best decisions for himself. And mm-hmm. I'm always just wanting to protect him and sometimes protect him from himself. And so I really, really, really related. Um, I, I don't want to say I relate to Wendy because I think she does some terrible things. And uh, I, 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 I'd honestly say I would never do this to my brother. Just, I don't know, something about that just impacted me hard. Those last two episodes were really hard mm-hmm. to watch. Every step he took to self-sabotage himself and you just wanted, I was screaming at the TV, like, what are you doing? Yes. Which I'm sure is exactly how yes. Wendy felt. She was trying so hard to save mm-hmm. him. Like, I know a lot of people feel really negatively towards her for what she did, but he really didn't give her many other choices. She tried so hard. Yeah. And she risked so much. And he just kept nailing the nails into the coffin. Yeah. She kept trying to get him out and he just kept digging that mm-hmm. hole even deeper, trying yep. to get him out of the picture. I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know that I could make that same decision. But my goodness, he was really going off the rails and really it came down to him or all of them. Yes. I think Wendy is a terrible person. <laughs> Not me, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's it's so unfortunate. It's like, oh, we're talking. We got to make sure we make that distinction. Not, not, not you, Wendy. And you know, I'd like to say, like, I feel like Wendy in movies and television is always like a telemarketer or a secretary. <laughs> so, I mean, right? Isn't that true? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I feel like it's really exciting to see Wendy as a complex character, even if it is somebody dark. It's she's interesting and complex and strong and fierce. And yes. so I like that. You yeah, know, because usually Wendy is, again, the telemarketer. I feel like that's who Wendy <laughs> usually is. Definitely not her. She's given Wendy a good name again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But she is a terrible person. At the same time, I think Jonah and Ruth blaming her so fiercely is probably not completely deserved. It was probably harder on Wendy than anybody else to yeah, do that and to, and to lose him in that matter. I mean, yeah. that was her brother. I mean, I know Ruth cared about him, but Wendy had a 50-year relationship with her brother. Yeah. And a lot of that time was spent trying to help him and protect him. Mm-hmm. Save him from himself. So so I did feel a lot of sympathy towards her. Yeah. And empathy. I did too. I did too. It was, um, like I said, I, I, I think definitely humanized her, you know, where, where we kept seeing um, mm-hmm. the power hungry getting to her, um, her being so involved in uh, their, their business dealings and with the cartel. And just, you can just tell she's really, boy, she's really feeling it. She's enjoying mm-hmm. being there i mean it's it's like uh, that's kind of weird but because it's so freak to me it's like scary as hell to it consider is. but she's she's 
kind of relishing that and and Mm -hmm. so it was easy to kind of root against her but this those scenes with her brother really uh i I thought humanized her and and kind of brought it back around like she she isn't just this machine that just goes 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 and, and is constantly scheming in her head this kind of brought her down to a level that i thought was relatable and truly, if the tables were turned and it was Marty's decision to kill Ben or not, I think Marty would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I think Wendy put, because I almost wanted, I was yelling and stop, like, what are you doing? You're going to get them all killed. You know, and I, I think most people would have, um, and I don't mean in real life, of course, but I mean on the show, most in of the those show, characters. In the show, yes. Which leads me to... I thought it was really interesting. They really built up the relationship between Navarro and Wendy in this season. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting and good. Wendy is such a great character to watch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't understand her motivations, but sometimes she's s- scary and manipulative. You watch her in action and she's good. Yes. There's so many good things, and I know we'll probably talk about more. You know, her, her like, Ben, the introduction of Ben, that relationship between the two um, and how that comes about. But a highlight for me for season three, this season was all about Laura Lenny. She mm-hmm. was really given some great material in season three. She was a freaking powerhouse. Like I said, she's at this point now where she's relishing this power and she's she's super ambitious to get front and center during the season like you like you pointed out you know where she's negotiating with with omar or she's making these decisions that affect her family including ben was just amazing to watch you know this was definitely a season of wendy i think Mm -hmm. what else do you have for season three that was all that i had on my list honestly those are just the big impactful things for me that stood out I really like they introduce the character of Maya, who I really like. I, mm. it, it's still taking me a little while to kind of figure out where they want to go with her, but yeah. I like her character. She's probably one of the few genuinely good people on the show. She's very idealistic for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like she's on the right side of things and she's not willing to sacrifice her values and her principles. And there's not a lot of people on this show that you can say that for. Definitely not. Everyone's freaking, even the children are compromised. (laughs) And even like what we've seen of the FBI so far has not been good. No, definitely not. Yeah, that dude, dude was not great. I I wrote in my notes, Darlene and Wyatt form a relationship in this season and I, I wrote, what do they call it? A May-September romance? But I think this is more of a January-December romance. I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with an older woman getting her younger guy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Lord knows men have been doing it, mm-hmm. you know, for years and years. But for something, uh, I just it did not work for me. Well, and it's Wyatt who's like yeah. innocent and good and, and, well, and, and Darlene. He... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's... Yeah, because, he, you know, Wyatt was supposed to have had all this potential. You know, mm-hmm. I think Ryan or um, sorry, um, Ruth had said that he was like the smartest of all of them. He was super mm-hmm. book smart. He was like on a path to she was fighting so hard. One of the reasons she agreed to to kind of 
you know, take this opportunity to work with Marty. She was trying to make Wyatt go to college. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, you're the smartest of all of us. You have this opportunity. Get the hell out of here. Right. You know, and make something of yourself. And instead, he gets mixed up with Darlene, this freaking psychopath who's killed right. her. You know, not all just all of these countless people, but also her own husband. I'm like, dude, she's a black widow. You right. know. And at first I thought just like she was trying to replace the son that ha- that she had lost before. Right. That she saw Wyatt as a son, but knew. No, not nope. <laughs> she 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 went a different direction. Yeah, it was it was biz- for me bizarre. It was hard to to kind of get their relationship. And, and yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I'm fine with an older woman, younger guy, but I'm thinking I can't remember exactly the time jump, but he was, I feel like you blink and he was just in high school. So what is he, barely 18 or 19? Yeah. So it's like- 20 at the oldest. I'm like, man, I mean, maybe if he was mid-20s, I could buy it a little bit more. Give, let that boy age up a little bit or something. I don't know. Just a little uncomfortable. He's he's so, he's just barely legal, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like he's vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. He's, He's lost- most of his family and he's just struggling to find purpose in life and and yeah. i feel like he was vulnerable to her yeah and and i mean maybe it was uh, you know a little bit of a mother figure for him maybe as well mm-hmm. you know um so yeah that should have known that was never going to end well no when he no, got mixed up no. with her. That was probably one of the more upsetting. We'll, we'll get to it. We're definitely we going to get to it. Yep. Season four. A few other things I had is that um, in the beginning of season three, Wendy and Marty are just at each other's throats. They are sabotaging each other. I mean, I, I was really <laughs> yes, worried they yeah. were going to get each other killed. Like they were actively fighting each other. But then Marty gets kidnapped they really think, you know, that he's not coming back. And then he mm-hmm. does come back, which kind of grounds everybody back. And they s- sort of come out of that in a different place and more together than they had previously been. That's right. This was the marriage counseling season, right? Where they... Oh, oh my, yeah. wasn't... Oh, my gosh. Just so good. Priceless. Where they're both bribing the counselor <laughs> to take their side. Do you think that happens in real life? <laughs> Look, there's sure 50 bucks if you tell her. <laughs> if you lean a little bit on, on, you know, give me this one. Can you give me this one? Here, here's yes. 100 for you. Yeah, I have no doubt that it, <laughs> at least they, I'm sure someone tries. Hopefully there's mm-hmm. counselors and therapists that are, you know, ethical enough to be like, uh, mm-hmm. no. But I'm sure there are people that definitely try. Mm-hmm. I loved her character. Mm-hmm. And that is probably the worst death for me in season three. And yeah. I was like, no, they're not going to no, they're not going to go there. No, she didn't do anything. And when she shakes Marty down, it was just I mean, she's just it was just <laughs> the best thing ever. She's like, Marty, well, I hear you saying that. <laughs> yeah, good character. And the sports car driving up with the sports car. not discreet at all nope another big point in this season was i guess the conflict between frank jr and ruth yeah they go back and forth a few times ruth 
dumps him over the side of the Missouri Bell. Yeah. His dad kind of scolds them and makes them pay more money. And then Ruth messes up his car. And then he finally, like, beats the crap out of her and puts her in the hospital. And that's a really turning point between her and Marty because she expects Marty to do something about what was done to her. Yeah. And he doesn't. She was supposed to be untouchable. Right. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't defend her. Well, at least she didn't feel like he defended her. Yeah. And that's a real turning point for Ruth. That's kind of where the divide happens between Marty and Ruth, which was really sad to see because I liked those two together a lot. I did too. I really, really loved seeing their relationship where Mm -hmm. it started in season one and how he really brought her around by just by just treating her well, treating her mm-hmm. like you should just treat people with, I mean, I realize they're laundering drug money and they're working with the cartel, but <laughs> treating her with respect and showing her, kind of just bringing out the best in her and in essence, believing in her, giving her mm-hmm. what her family never did. So it was, it was always, I always loved that relationship too between uh, Marty and Ruth. And it breaks my heart how that's broken down, you know, where we yes. are now, because yeah, you're right. That was a, a, one of my favorite parts of this series was their relationship um, and how he was like a mentor to her. He really saw the potential. Yeah. In her. Yeah. And, and grew it. Then Darlene really gets in with Ruth by being the one to defend her by shooting off Frank Jr.'s dick, <sighs> which I'm not sure how that works. I don't think you would survive a shotgun blast to the torso. <laughs> Yeah, big, big WTF moment. Yeah. Wow. Um, but but I loved it, too. It was it was good, but it was like, whoa. I mean, again, yeah. Darlene. You know, I just feel like it's, it's Darlene, so. Yes. But wow. Darlene and her shotgun. Good grief. Yeah. That woman, I, again, take away her damn shot. You know, let her have the gun. Take, just hide the shells, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And then the season ends with Marty and Wendy and Helen flying to Mexico, and they don't know what's going to happen. I think Marty and Wendy both sort of accepted that they might not make it out of that Mm -hmm. and they might die. Yeah. They've made their last plays for all that they're worth. They've tried everything, and they don't know if that's going to be enough or not. And when they get to Mexico... They get off the plane. The cartel kills Helen. I, I can't believe I didn't have that in my highlights. I really do get stuck on that whole Ben and Wendy thing because it was so emotionally imp- impactful and really touched me um, in a very visceral way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember watching that and I, I remember like physically going like rearing back and like gasping very loudly in my I think my face covered my or my hands covered my face and I was just like, oh my God, what the hell just happened? And and I mean they just mm-hmm. leave you hanging there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, holy crap. Did not see that coming. So this is a show where no one feels bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Y- you figure they're not gonna kill off Wendy and Marty, but they could kill off one of them. And you just don't know. Like no one feels bulletproof in this show. Yeah. And and honestly you shouldn't because you know, we've seen how they're not afraid. I mean, we haven't, you know, at least anyone in the Bird family, we haven't lost them yet. 
but we have this right. we have this second half and I, I feel like the only reason we haven't is just because we need them for the story. Yeah. Um but but I do feel like that could happen, which oh, scares me. I I wholeheartedly I have some I have some really deep rooted fears mm-hmm. about this second half for sure. So the deaths in season three were one a whole ton of cartel members and civilians uh, in the cartel war died. Anita Narlson, Carl's wife, a bunch of Kansas City mob guys, Sue Shelby, the therapist, <laughs> Ben, and finally Helen. Big deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Big deaths. Yeah, you're right. Um, not as many, but the ones that happened were big. Yeah. And so we start season four, and again, there's no time jump. We start basically with Marty and Wendy cleaning out Helen out of their hair. <laughs> just literally, I mean, what a great opener that just leaves them, uh, like you said, no time jump. They're just kind of still standing there like, what? And it's like the the gun is like still like ringing in their ears. Yeah. And they're in the bathroom. It was such a beautiful because there was like no words that were really spoken and it was quiet. It it could have been almost in a way touching had they not been cleaning off brains and skull off of blood off of each other. But it was like almost sweet and tender how they were help. You know how Marty was trying to help Wendy and help her clean her hair. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the circumstances surrounding this moment, (laughs) it would have been really sweet. (laughs) And the thing is, they have a little bit of exhilaration because they're alive and when you think you're gonna die and you don't there's a feeling there that nothing can get in the way like you're you're just grateful to be alive and everything tastes different and and you just want to live to see that next day yeah i mean yeah they didn't know i remember that sense of dread um in three uh there at the end when they were going down to mexico and i remember having like this pit in my stomach thinking oh my god i don't think one i i don't think both but i think one of them is not going to make it back Mm -hmm. um being extremely fearful and and yeah you're right i think they 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 did a good way of portraying that and given given that yeah i think uh, you're right they were like oh we somehow got out of this Mm -hmm. and it does bring a different sense of life a lot of season four is about Navarro's wish to... He's kind of realizing that he's come to the end of his usefulness at what he's doing and that he's going to die if he keeps doing what he's doing in one way or another. Either his own cartel is going to kill him or he's going to die in the cartel war. And he doesn't wish to do that. He So yeah. he's thinking he would like to move to America and turn whatever state's evidence he has to turn over to get immunity and get the ability to live in America. That's what a lot of season four is about. We see the action and the tension is really ramping up. Wendy is just seems to be out of her mind this season. What the hell? I don't know what to think of her at this point, honestly. She's just fighting with everybody. She's fighting with Marty. She's fighting with Ruth. She's fighting with Jonah. Jonah. Mm-hmm. At one point, she tries to have Jonah arrested, which just seemed like such a dick move. Not mom of the year this 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 year. 
obviously circumstances being very different. We all have had some teenagers that have (laughs) really wanted to, you know, you just feel like you were at the end of your rope. I'm all about a little bit of tough love. You know, like I love I love my girl. I'll do absolutely anything for her. But if if she put me in similar situations, I think I would definitely be demonstrating some tough love. I don't know if I go so far as to have her arrested. But I mean, I I kind of I kind of appreciated where she was going with it um, because it's like I am kind of mad at Jonah. He is really being super annoying in in this season. I I do understand his side, but I'm also at the same time like, dude. I think everybody just wants to get out of this and you are making it very difficult. Yeah. I mean, you should never, you know, trust teenagers to this kind of. No. I mean, it's not going to work out well. And the thing that got me with Wendy is I felt like she wasn't really upset that Jonah was laundering money or getting involved in their business. She was mostly upset that he wasn't doing it for them. Right. He's doing it for their enemy. Which, which, granted, that's upsetting. But. It is very upsetting. And again, the one thing that has, I think, helped the Bird family along the way and, and being able to go as far as what they have with all of this is that they've stuck together. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been this family unit. And, I mean, good or bad, the kids were learning what the hell their parents are up to and what's going on and not only knowing about it, which puts them at risk, but also becoming a part of it. Charlotte has become you know, a part of day-to-day operations and, and helping with things. And then Jonah, he's he's like Marty times five. He's yeah. like super, super smart, um, way too smart for his own damn good, mm-hmm. um, you know, and super clever. You know, I think it's, it's fractured the family. What's mm-hmm. really core at this show is family. And that's why I really am kind of worried about how it's going to end up because I feel like it's it's – that family is going to be fractured even more because Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be some deaths, but I think that that doesn't help them and the outcome and having a, any type, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's ever going to be any good outcome when you're talking about being involved with the cartel and laundering money and being involved with drugs and things. I don't know how you come out of that clean. I know that's what Marty wants. That's what he's hoping to accomplish here, be able to get them out of that clean. And it's, I, I, it's not going to happen. I don't think. I don't think you're coming out of it clean. You, I think the hope is to come out of it alive. I think that's what he hopes. I don't really think it's going to happen. They're not going to get out of it clean. They're not going to find a safe place to go. I just right. really don't think it's it's going to end well. And I think that this is just a rep- representation of that fracture in the family um, with Jonah breaking apart. And honestly, it's just like this family loyalty. You know, family loyalty means a lot to me, too. I, you know, totally, totally get that family Family is everything. I think that was something Javi said to Omar in in season four, and Jonah just really kind of turns his back uh, on every on everyone. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't say that um, I agree though with how Wendy goes about. Like I understand what she's trying to accomplish, but how she's going about it is not great. I know Marty told her I've got one of his quotes from the season. He goes, I mean, you can't throw a kid into a burning building, Wendy, and watch him running back into your arms and pretend it's love. Yeah, that was good. Such a good quote. Yeah. From him. And it's like, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing. She thinks just like every other situation she's dealt with, that she can manipulate the situation to get the outcome that she wants. You might get you might get him to come back because he has no other options or because he's in jail. Yeah. But it's not going to have the outcome that you want. Exactly. 
it's not going to make him love you. And he's just going to hate you more. I have a question for you. The private investigator, Mel Saddam. Who the heck is he? I don't know, but talk about annoying characters. Um, Every time I I thought I had him figured out, like I thought he was actually FBI, but then I think he's not. And then, I don't know. He just wants a signature. Yeah. He just wants a signature. That's all he wants. He just wants it. Um, cra- it's, Brian it's like thinks he up. works for the cartel, but that doesn't seem to add up either. I mean, I feel like, I don't know if I know who he is. I feel like he's lost. Uh, maybe he was a, a cop or detective. Um, and maybe something happened that he maybe crossed a line somewhere or for whatever. He's no longer a detective. Right. I think he's definitely getting his nose where it doesn't belong. He's a wild card, essentially, to me in this yeah. story because I can't quite figure him out. And I don't know what he's going to do. Um, but I think that we've seen so much of him in this first half. He's definitely going to be a lot more present and somehow have a part in whatever's going to happen. And I'm, I don't know his motivations yet, but I do feel like he's because he's he's learning the birds are friendly with the cartel. I think he's learned that Maya is friendly with the birds. He's maybe we'll try to use that. Maybe he's Maya's baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who the father of her baby is. I'm do trying we? to think, have they been in the same room together? <laughs> right. That's funny. That's funny. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, like he's the, he's the one person that, is still hanging out there and you don't know who he's connected to, but he's got to be connected to somebody. Yeah. Darlene is on a roll in this uh, half of season four. She first kills Carrie's driver after he attempts to subtly shake her down. And then she kills Frank Sr., the head of the Casey mob, and just leaves his body lying on her floor. Wyatt comes (laughs) in and sees it there. Just, she's just still going. I think she was still cooking. She's cooking. I think she's yeah. cooking dinner or something. I'm just like, <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say about her at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what else she say. I'm just like, seriously, Darlene. Like, she really, she, I mean, she's she's killed how many people now? She killed her own husband, um, mm-hmm. at least up until, and, and this might come up, but until the sheriff uh, was killed. When that, Was that first episode? That the sheriff was killed it was early yeah i think it might have been the first episode so he he was in the snell's pocket mm-hmm. so i think that darlene just thought i i'm completely untouchable that she has yep. gone so far now that she's literally killed another person in her home and then just yep. left him there she's got a lot of acreage yeah plenty of um <laughs> spots to yeah put someone for sure but- and a lot of lie mm-hmm I think we need to talk about Darlene and Wyatt. All right. Let's... At the end. Yeah. Gosh, that that hurt me. Oh, not Darlene, uh, because I feel like she had it coming. It was shocking, though. Even that was shocking. It was shocking because I wasn't... I'm like, no, nah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was extremely shocking, but honestly not surprising. I felt like something eventually has to catch up to Darlene, but it sucked that Wyatt got stuck as collateral damage when he was like, what, this close? Yes. To getting out. To getting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kept going and then coming back and then going and then and then just went back. 
Yeah. And so sad because like he's one of the few real people that you felt were good in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was with Darlene, but I don't really remember seeing him like like do anything bad. He didn't want to hurt people. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe helping Darlene hide bodies and things. I guess if you want to. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's bad. I'll I'll retract what bad. I said. But, you know, he didn't. He wasn't out there, like, beating the hell out of people. He wasn't selling the drugs. I mean, he was right. definitely involved in the business. And he was, you know, supportive of Darlene and her decisions. And definitely deferred to her in everything. You know, was fine with that. Uh, but he didn't actually, like you said, he didn't want to hurt anyone. And he was horrified. I mean, that's what made him leave, right? Was when he, he got home and saw yeah. uh, Frank Sr. laid out on their freaking dining table. And he's like, and he, I know he's, his face was like what we're all saying, like, fuck, darling, can you not control yourself? You know, do you really have to just right. be blasting people away? And he's like, can't do it anymore. So I think he. Right. Because, you know, there's going to be more. Oh, it's not going to stop here. Exactly. And I think at least for a little while, he had a moment of clarity like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do this. I can't be involved in this. And it's too much. Because I think you're right. He didn't want to hurt people. You know, I think he knew people got hurt, but he wasn't directly responsible for any of those actions or anything. So I I, I do think he was he had a a good heart and he had good intentions for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But damn it. He he got swept right back in. And I think if he had had other options or other people, I mean, he, he had Ruth, but he still had mixed feelings about Ruth because of his dad. Yeah, for sure. That's valid. He felt like that's all he had. And that's kind of what he said. He, he said, it's weird, but Darlene and Zeke and I are a family. And that's how he felt. Yeah. But that is so sad. And even even more sad is how you can just imagine how Ruth feels, why it was everything to her. She's – I know she still has three, but she's literally lost everything. Yeah. And she had so many hopes for Wyatt. I mean, I know that she wanted to get all of them out. I know – and I'm – kind of thinking like man wasn't there another cousin you know uh Wyatt's brother running around here somewhere and he mm-hmm. didn't pop up until way later um here in this part of the of the season and it's kind of like oh yeah he exists cuz he disappeared for a little while but you know that's all the family that she has left in the world and mm-hmm. she just really wanted the best for them and really put a lot of hopes into Wyatt and to really thinking that he could be the one um and she was willing to sacrifice so much to to get him out and do do whatever it took to get them out of there and get him a fresh start and a new life and then to see that swept away and how cruel it was and so unnecessary yeah um didn't have to happen as ruth is driving away you can just feel her rage and her sorrow that was just heartbreaking i am so attached to ruth yes i love her character that actress is amazing she oh she's great julie garner is Mm -hmm. amazing she was in it was not a lead role she was in a show called maniac that was on netflix and we covered it sean and i covered it on strange indeed when it came out something a little bit different it did not get a ton of like exposure i don't even think we had that many listeners for that podcast but i loved it i thought it was 
a, a really great and interesting show. She was in that. She was a side character in that show, and she was so good. We really, really raved about her and that character that she played in that show. So that's how I was first introduced to her. I, I, I'm not familiar with all of her work history, but that's where I first got to know her. I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. She was amazing in this small part that she had. She was only in like a handful of episodes, but she she just was amazing. I remember seeing, you know, saw the cast and I'm thinking, oh, this is great. And I saw her and I'm like, I remember her. She mm-hmm. she made an impact on me from from that. And I, I love her. I think she's I admired, you know, how she tried to change the circumstances of her world. And again, I know that she had criminal activities and I don't condone any of that, of course. Um, but she she wanted to do what she could to, to take the money and the power and that influence to change her family situation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Langmores in the Ozarks were not looked upon well, right? They had right. a very bad re- reputation, didn't grow up with money, probably had to fight for everything. I know she did, had to fight for everything that she had. Mm-hmm. And she wanted a better life for herself and for her, her cousins. It, it was just devastating because she really... I think just saw just with Wyatt's death, I think just seeing all of that crumble, everything that she's done and and went through to give them that and to try to set them up, like getting all this money so they could afford to move away and do and just have a fresh start, and not have to worry about all the things that she's been through. And then it was wiped out like that. She had so many hopes into him. And I there's a quote from Ruth in this um, season that just really, I think, kind of is definitive to her character. She says, God's a motherfucker, isn't he? Built me smart enough to know how fucked up my life is, but not quite smart enough to haul my ass out of it. Yeah, I wanted to see good things for her, and I am afraid that it it's not going to be good for her. It's not going to be a good ending for Ruth. I'd love to see it, but I don't hope that. I mean, I don't dare to hope. I I don't have good feelings <laughs> yeah. about where she's off to. Uh, I mean, if she she's learned who Javi is, you know, we haven't mm-hmm. seen them share screen time together yet. Mm-hmm. So she just learned. Jonah just kind of put it out there. I'm like, this dude is not going to suffer a fool. He's not going to. And I mean, I know that she's clearly going in, going in with the intent, but I hope I hope she comes to her senses and and turns around and goes the other way. Yeah. Uh, Because it's not going to end well for her if she ends up finding and confronting Javi. No, but I think that's what's going to (laughs) happen. I'm so scared. I know know I've read the same things you have. Ruth is a very beloved character in the Ozark world. And same here. I I really, really love her. I think she she has the best lines, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the show. She's so great. She's so real. She's so down to earth. I can't help but relate to her a little bit. You know, I came from not the criminal part, but like a very similar kind of background, mm-hmm. you know, so I understand the struggle of trying to rise up and make yourself better and make circumstances better for your family and give them better than what you had and, and all of that. So I feel like there's a tiny little piece I can relate to there um, and how admirable she is and how freaking smart she is for, you know, not having the best ed- of you know education. The only education she's got is a street education, a criminal you know, education from her uncles and her father and to see how she uses what she has to the best of her abilities. I've read all of the, all of, all of the two that if Ruth dies, we riot. And I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that might happen. The thing is, I always look at it as a showrunner perspective and Ruth isn't one of the birds. 
Right. And it's a death that you could give that would kill everyone. And that's kind of what happens in the end of these shows. I can only think about like the last five episodes of The Sopranos. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Good point. So that's about all I have for the recap. You have anything else? I don't think so. I mean, you know, we were introduced to Javi, who's Omar's nephew. and Yes, that's a good point. He is scary to me. I remember um, first seeing him. I'm a big fan of the Breaking Bad world and Better Call Saul. And we're covering just a quick little plug. We're covering Better Call Saul right now on um, House Podcastica. There's a character. I won't give any spoilers or anything. But I remember um, there's a character in Better Call Saul that whenever I saw Javi, I was like, he's like the Lalo of the Ozark world. However... Lalo and Better Call Saul definitely sets the bar extremely high, um, but he's he's like a little bit of a lesser version of Lalo from Better Call Saul. And anyone who's watching that show knows what I'm talking about, but he's scary. I think they're definitely setting him up to be the villain for the second half of, of four. Why do you think Navarro wouldn't kill Javi? Maybe because he's family? I don't know. I mean, is it is it sac- it's sacred, right? For Right. It's a sister's son and... But it feels like he has to. He, I mean, <laughs> he might not care too much about family when it get you know gets to this point because I think what will happen to Omar is he going to get out of jail, right? He's taken his role as the head of the cartel, and I think Omar's got to take that back. So, how else do you do that? And I don't think you can take it back. I think that's hard. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not just going to get hand it back. <laughs> yeah. So we don't know what will happen. Mm-mm. No. With this next half season, we see Navarro is in prison, but all of that seems to happen very loosely and quickly in Ozark land. Yes. Probably doesn't happen that way in real life. Definitely not. A little differently. (laughs) (laughs) I did just want to say that I think this show does an incredible job of portraying strong female characters. Yes. More so than most shows. Um, We have... Ruth, who we just spent a lot of time talking about, Helen, Wendy, Mm -hmm. Darlene, even Charlotte has really grown up. Like at first, Jonah and Charlotte were just kind of like background noise to me. And they've each grown up with a a real good personality and a developed character. I've enjoyed watching Charlotte grow up. And Maya, I really like Maya as well. I do. I do. I I get annoyed with um, her. Like I said, she's very idealistic. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, you got to kind of have that somewhere. We can't all be crooked. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was kind of like that. When when you start out your career, when you're young, you think everybody does what's right and fair, and that's the way. What and when you, it's almost like when you see your parents are are um, not perfect. Yeah, you know, like when you see your authority figures that aren't perfect or they do crappy stuff. It always disappointed me, and I think I'm firmly planted in the real world mm-hmm. in my career and life. And certainly, I'm in healthcare in the middle of COVID, <laughs> so I get it. Yep. But but I kind of feel like I understand where she's coming from because I always had those kind of feelings of justice. Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah, totally. She she is a good character. And I do I do like the relationship when she was introduced introduced in season three uh, with her and Marty. She likes Marty. Yeah. She wants to help him. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be very firm and ethical in mm-hmm. her views. Um, but, you know, because, like, she definitely did not like what how the FBI kind of went around on their 
decision and what they were going to do with Omar. And so she turned around and just went completely opposite. Um, So she definitely has very, I guess, one-sided of like, well, he's a criminal and this is the right thing to do. And I cannot live with what they're doing. It's just not right. Mm -hmm. However, she works with, you know, Marty and Wendy knowing that they're laundering and they're criminals and and she's ballsy too yeah 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 and i i kind of thought it was interesting how she's nine months pregnant through much of season three and then has a newborn baby and that's not a typical pick for a show like this but i thought it was very true to life and i i liked that they went there with that yeah she she is a very, I do like the fact that they are demonstrating a strong female character and a strong um, single mother. Very, yeah. very real. Unless the private investigator is actually her <laughs> husband. Still to come. That, that so. could be a yeah. that could be a reveal later in the season. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I'm right, come. I'm buying you a drink, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else we haven't covered? I don't think so. I mean, there's a ton of things. It's so dense. There's a ton of things, yeah. but I think we definitely hit the high high points of, of it for sure. So I want to hear about what you hope or fear or think is going to happen in the second half, but I want to start that out with, this is something we haven't talked about yet, which is the cold open oh, yeah. of season four, which is the car accident. Right. Yeah. Good point. We haven't talked about that. We, I don't know where that falls in the timeline and we don't, or is it real? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. We don't know. Um, is it real and where and when that happens? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That car accident when, you know, they're having that conversation in the van, you know, Marty's like, oh, we're all set for the FBI tomorrow. Um, uh, Wendy alludes to something happening in like 48 hours, says something about calling the moving company. It seems almost like a flash forward or something. I don't know, but I guess we'll see. And then, yeah, then, yeah. then, the, then the accident happens and the car flips many, many times. Doesn't look great. No. I think it doesn't look great, but I don't think they're going to kill our characters in that scene. I think it's going to be a lot more tragic if we lose... Mm-hmm. a member or members of the bird family it's such an odd thing to do for a show mm-hmm. and at first i was really upset when i first saw it but then as as the season goes on and there's no reference to it at all you almost forget it happened yeah and so i mean i'm just gonna have to let go and trust the show that it will come to a satisfying or at least well done ending. I think I'm pretty good at that. That's what I did with Game of Thrones seasons eight. Mm-hmm. Like I really tried to let go of any expectations that I had. Yeah. And I think that helped me get through that season, which I know is a tough season. It was. And so I think I'm pretty good at, I, I don't set up boundaries like, well, if Ruth dies, that's it. I'm not going to like it. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hard to do that. I don't like to do that either. I'll say it sometimes like, well, if this happens, I'm done. Um, <laughs> if dog dies, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. I've never quit a show over something like that, but it definitely makes it freaking hard. And I'll definitely whine and pout about it for a little while. And, and I mm-hmm. usually get back on it. Like there were there's definitely been some moments in The Walking Dead. And I won't spoil anything here. But you know, there was a, a, a character that had died in, in The Walking Dead. And of course, you can be like, well, a lot of characters that have died. Yeah. But I remember um, 
was being so mad and just so angry. And I remember just commenting and feedback, just saying, fuck that show or fuck this show. Um, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> like, just I remember that. It was like yeah. a line in the sand. But I, you know, like I said, is that The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead? Walking Dead. Okay, because I had that moment in Fear the Walking yeah. Dead. I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it for me. And I should have stopped there, but I didn't. <sighs> we all should have, honestly. Yes. I think I probably know what you're talking about in in reference uh-huh. to that, of course. We've all been there and had many discussions about it in the group. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely relate. But, I mean, there's been a couple other shit. Like, Game of Thrones is a good example. If this happens, I just I don't know if I can do it anymore. You know, I just don't know how much more I can take. So, I, I try not to to set a hard boundary like that because I don't think I, I would do good to hold to it. Because I, I am also just uh, – I am still watching Grey's Anatomy. If that will tell wow. you anything uh, about me, that I really can't even stay in the show at this point. But You're a completer. Yes. That, that should tell you all you need to know about me and my TV and movie habits that, you know, I will I will finish. There's there hasn't been too much that I've really just up and quit. So but anyway, my point being, I, I think I would be mad if if they throw this out there, because this that, that was the cold open, right? That the, mm-hmm. this is how they this cold open of the show was this car accident. Now, if that ended up being and I don't think this is what they're going to do. But using as as an example, like if if that ended up being like the series finale and it ended there. Oh, yeah, that would be awful. And you don't know. You don't know. (laughs) I think that would suck. So let let me put that out there as a hope that I hope they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like a like a like the first Dexter ending. Oh, geez. Yeah, that would. That would anger a lot of people, I think. Absolutely, yeah. And that, and that we saw it a whole season ahead of time. Exactly. You know that. I mean, they're. I hope. Not. I hope not. But you know, they. And I don't think that it's a foreshadowing moment. I think maybe more. It's it's more of a metaphor, a little bit for the uh, tale, if you will, from season one to where. I guess maybe the rest of season four is going to go for the bird family. You know, this seems to maybe that's what it's kind of about. I think it probably is a real moment. I think maybe a flash forward, um, but it could possibly be a dream sequence. But I definitely think it's a great metaphor uh, for the birds and just their (laughs) their journey, I guess, that we've seen from the time that we met them to where we are now. But yeah, that would suck. I mean, hopes. This is not a hopeful show. No, no. As we've been talking about and recapping all the seasons so far, you know, they're not afraid to, to kill people off. And um, we, we've talked about, does it make sense that they can do the things that they've done and the places that they're willing to go and come out of it clean and safe, that they're never mm-hmm. going to have to fear for their lives? Probably not. So I, I'm afraid to have hope. I, I do hope that Marty lives because I, I love when well, Ruth, too. I hope that Marty and Ruth somehow make it out, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the only thing I can say is that I just hope they keep the momentum going and mm-hmm. the quality, which I, I believe they will. I think so. And if heartbreak is coming, which I think it is, let's just do it well. I agree. That's that's a good hope to have is just, mm-hmm. like you said, the momentum and keeping the integrity and the quality of the show and end it well. And I, um, I'd i have to go back uh, and, and try to read how they came to the decision to end the show thought it was supposed like initially they were going to do like five seasons and then instead said, well, we're going to only do four. However, it's going to be an extended. 
season four. So that's why we were kind of having it split a little bit. Um, I'd have to go back and, and reread that. And I can't remember if it's because Netflix wanted to wrap it or if it was the writers that wanted to wrap it. I'm always happier when it's the writers that kind of have this vision of where the story, like the story that they want to tell and they can end it on their own terms because when they write to that ending, it is a more beautiful. And is it going to be tragic? Yes. But I mean, if it serves the story and it's what they wanted, then I'm okay with that. So that's my hope. I think Breaking Bad is the perfect example of 100%. that. They did it exactly the way they wanted to do it. They had it set up from the very beginning yeah. and they were able to write and create the show that they had planned. And that's perfect. Absolutely perfect. You know, you don't get much better than that show. It's it's freaking brilliant from beginning to end, honestly, for yeah. me, in my opinion. It's one of my top three shows uh, ever. And yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. You know, they could have had more seasons. You know, it was definitely a moneymaker for them, for AMC. And I, it, it was such a, a, a ratings grab for, for them that I think they were just throwing everything at them. And they're just like, no, they, they knew... They had a start and a middle and an end and ended on their own terms. And I think it's always better when writers have that opportunity so they can. So it makes sense not having to rush things like some shows. That's what I'm hoping for Yellow Jackets because they have five seasons in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another show that was just crafted so perfectly. Yeah, it's really well well done. I'm really hoping that they are given the budget and the creative license to create that show the way they have designed it. Because, you know, those showrunners have done such a good job. And I just want that to yeah, continue. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a beautiful, beautifully um, well-crafted, um, intricate story and that the, they're doing a brilliant job so i'm like you i hope they I hope they're given the license to do it mm -hmm. and I, I have a good feeling yeah. about it because i'll tell you what i there's a ton of buzz around well i didn't mean to <laughs> i didn't mean to say that but buzz, i guess buzz, it just buzz. comes out when we're talking about yellow jackets um but you know so much chatter even after the show ended like months ago you know that people are still talking about it and re doing rewatches and still you know, analyzing it still, um, you know, in anticipation of the next season that I'm hoping that they pick up on that showtime I'm talking about, you know, and they're like, huh, okay, yeah, this turned out really great. Let's let's give them what they want, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to, to do it right. So I haven't read anything, but I've got like positive vibes from that. And I think showtime is generally um, a network that usually does mm -hmm. that. So I think it's a good chance that that will come off the way they I wanted hope so. it to. It's a it's a darn good show, mm -hmm. and it it doesn't it just break your heart when you and I know we're going off topic, so I apologize, but it's stuff I'm passionate about. Um, when these shows that you love and they've they've been really great, right? Good writing and good acting, and you're so invested, and then something happens inadvertently that it gets canceled for some reason. They're yep. they're not able to quite bring it to fruition. They're not able to actually get that story in there and wrap it exactly the way that they had envisioned. Maybe I'm kind of coming off of The Walking Dead a little bit in, in thinking of that because mm -hmm. no one will really come out and make that statement. Reading the news and all the articles that I see and read and interviews, and I feel like I've read enough to hear that it wasn't 
the writers and showrunners' decisions to wrap it. It was AMC that canceled initially. They weren't quite aware of that when they were in the writing process. And now here we are, it's wrapping up. We've got one very last season is in three parts for anyone who's not watching the show. They've the Season 11 is in three parts and the first and second part have aired. We've only got the third part. And I, you know, Angela Kang's like, well, you know, I feel like we're, we're giving this the satisfactory ending. And I, you know, but she, she almost sounds a little doubtful in her interview. So she said, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I hate that for her, you know, that she didn't quite get it there. They've probably done, they've probably put it in front of test audiences and they're not getting. The thing is, that was going to be incredibly hard to meet anybody's 100%. expectations, especially with the movies hanging yep. out there. Are they? Aren't they? And the spin-offs. Comic, the comics. Um, and, comic readers who are kind of uh-huh. expecting. That's going to be super hard Absolutely. to meet people's expectations. This wasn't something they planned out for two or three seasons. Like, we're going to end it here, and we're going to build up to that for two right. or three seasons. So I, I think I will go into it pretty much the same way, is that it's it's okay. With this show, I'm kind of just expecting the worst to happen and hoping that only I'm I'm only halfway right with, you know, <laughs> with expecting all of these bad things and hoping a couple people are crawling out of the ashes alive. Honestly, cuz <laughs> yeah. I just don't think it's yeah, going to end well. I, I mean, honestly, you just mess with the cartel and good things don't tend to happen. Yes. Note to self, <laughs> would you like to work for the cartel? You know, no, just you. a bit of advice out there, guys. Uh, yeah. Just don't do it. Just maybe say no. Don't. Run yeah. and then run. Yeah. Run far, far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pack a bag, get on a plane, don't come exactly. back. All right. We have a lot of feedback for a brand new podcast. Rima, do you want to go ahead and get started with Lindsay's? I would absolutely love to. Um, So the first one we have is from our good friend, Lindsay Schlicht. She says, I don't know if it's even possible at this point, but I'd like Wendy to not go down in crazy bitch flames. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) What? (laughs) Sorry, I have to pause for a minute. Lindsay always cracks me up with her feedback, so I have to have a moment. She goes on. I'm worried for Ruth, too. I'm tired of the ladies always getting the shit end of series endings. Hello, Daenerys. Yes, I'm still bitter. (laughs) I'm sorry, Lindsay. I know. Um, Aside from that, it's hard to know what to hope for. So few few people to root for left. I know. I know. God, Lindsay, I'm with you. That was hard. Um, Kelly Burgess says... My hope is that it doesn't end with the first scene from part one. I really do hope that it ends with them making it to Australia. I haven't watched the trailer for part two because I don't want to be spoiled on it. Marty and Ruth are literally two of my favorite characters ever. So I'm anxious to see what happens to them and hope for a satisfying conclusion. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I think that's all Mm -hmm. we could hope for um, is have a satisfying conclusion, right? I think we know there's going to be deaths, but satisfying. That's a good way to to say, to put that, Kelly. Yep. Alma Contreras says, oof, this is a hard one. Uh, Ruth and Marty are my favorite characters. It's so hard to root uh, for anyone because of the work they're doing. At some point, money laundering uh, became less about survival to liking the work because of how good they have gotten at it. I mean, just look at Jonah, 15 and writing his own <laughs> 
money laundering software. <laughs> I can barely understand the laundering aspect, LOL. <laughs> I know there's a good episode in, in Breaking Bad that that's explained. If you want to understand money laundering, let me know. I'll send you that. Um, she goes on. This series is full of tragic death, but I really in, uh, or I really hope some of the birds make it out alive. Mm. I agree. Tefane Thebalt, I hope I said that right, says, I recently rewatched The Godfather at the cinema for its 50th birthday, and it makes me think about all those shows I love, but where there is a pattern of a loving character when morally you shouldn't. And when it comes to the end, like Breaking Bad or Dexter, you ask yourself if the main character should get caught or die, or should they live happily ever after? It's a moral dilemma. In Ozark, think I think in a way, I wish some of the characters had escaped their fate like Wyatt. But morally, should the birds have a happy ending? Can redemption be possible after all they have done? But I hope Ruth gets a better life because like Wyatt, even if they made bad choices, they never knew different growing up. And it's more about breaking the social reproduction wheel. That is so good. Oh, wow. Good feedback. I keep coming back to The Sopranos. We all root for Tony Soprano, but he's a bad guy. I know. I totally rooted for Tony. Yeah. I was one of them. <laughs> we all felt it. Mm-hmm. All right. Jillian Moreau, our good buddy, hey, Jill, says, I don't even know what my hopes are. All I know is I want Ruth to be okay, and I definitely prefer if she didn't kill Marty uh, and Wendy. Uh, Ruth has by far been my favorite character throughout this show. Wendy is not a great person by any means, but I think watching her is thrilling. Marty's way of handling things is just so calm and cool, and his whole tone just draws me to him. And I know Marty has done some bad shit, but I feel like he's an angel compared to Wendy. Yep, I agree. Um, anyway, I don't know what I'm really expecting to see, but I just hope that it's an amazing conclusion to what's been a superb series. I agree with Kelly in that I hope it doesn't end with that first scene we saw to open season four. If the whole family went down like that, talk about a bummer. Regardless of all they've been through, I think I'm wishing for a quiet little life for the birds after this. Uh, I think it's going to happen, but I understand yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> Jessica House says, I just want Ruth to be okay. <laughs> I, I feel you, Jessica. I feel that. Let's see. Our podfather himself, Jason Cabassi, wrote in and said, I was hesitant to watch Ozark because it sounded like a Breaking Bad clone. Seemingly upstanding and slightly a milk toast type of guy gets involved with criminals and the drug trade. But since it was getting so much good buzz and Jason Bateman is one of my favorite actors, I finally decided to give it a go. So glad I did. It definitely has its own style and is full of great characters and lots of twists and turns. And it really draws you in. I'm excited to see how things wrap up, but I'm worried about Marty Bird. Wendy, on the other hand, on the other hand, eh, she's not my fave. I think Wendy actually has more in common with Walter White than anyone else. She has his ego, pride, and thirst for power. I 100% agree with that. If if yeah. people who compare this show, and I, I'm one of them, um, you know, there, there's elements for sure of Breaking yeah. Bad. It's, it's Wendy in this show. It's not Marty. Wendy seems to enjoy parts of the life they have now. Yes. Whereas Marty doesn't. Marty 
wants out. He would, <laughs> if somebody gave him a get out of jail free card, he would take it in a heartbeat. And I'm not sure that Wendy would. I don't think she, no, I don't think she would. Uh, you know, in season four, um, we got to see uh, some flashbacks of Marty and their life in Chicago. And I really think that that's just what he wants. He just wants to go mm-hmm. back and have this quiet, normal, boring. I mean, not really boring, but, you know, boring compared yeah. to what they're living now day to day. This constant danger the with the cartel people, but live. just a regular life at home with their family and their kids. And, right. you know, um, and I, yeah, I 100 percent agree with you for sure. Yeah. Jerry Gomez says, I am way late on the Ozark train and just got through the first season, but damn, I do love the show. The first episode with what happened in that just about stopped my heart. That show caught me on the very first watch. I was hooked. Jerry, I hope you don't listen until you finish the show. Yeah, don't <laughs> or at do least that. get up, up to date <laughs> because you're going to get spoiled. Um, Lisa Air. I'm sorry. Is that Irizarry Alvarez? I'm so sorry if I've butchered your name. I'm terrible with pronunciations. Um, she says, one of my favorite shows. Yay. Elizabeth Schmoopy says, the staircase from the casino is being reused in another show. A lot of the crew that worked on Ozark worked on this new show and took the staircase with them. That's pretty cool. I love that. That's funny. Jeffrey H. Labe? Lab? Uh, says I think it's Labby. I Labby? know somebody with that last name. Okay. Yeah. Um, he says, let it finish strong. Great show. Man, a few words. That is awesome. And thank you, everybody. That was a lot of feedback and it's exciting. Uh, please continue to keep it coming as this next season starts. I think uh, they drop on Netflix April 29th. April 29th. They'll all drop it once. Correct me if I'm wrong, Wendy, because I know I'm letting you lead lead this. So it's it's going to be weekly. Are we still, is that what you're wanting yeah, to do? Okay. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll do it weekly. So no one is allowed to go ahead. <laughs> That's perfectly reasonable. Okay. But you certainly can, as you watch each episode, you can um, leave us feedback as as you go along. Shoot us a text or an email or something on Facebook as you watch each episode, and we will come back to it. We could always, what I will sometimes do with our Netflix shows, because they drop all at once, I could go ahead and just put up a post for each episode. And then, yeah, like Wendy said, if you're going to just go ahead and watch all of them at once or, you know, that week or something like that, you can go ahead and leave your feedback after you watch each one. Just go find that that post on Facebook or, you know, and we'll provide our contact information, of course, but you can reach out to Facebook, Twitter, email us, leave a voice message. We love the voice messages. So, so yeah, we'll give some options and you guys can just leave it as you go. We'll definitely include it. All right. That wraps us up. I think so. That I think was a great recap to where we're at so far. Thank you again, Wendy, so much. I'm hoping I can be on as many of these with you. And if I'm not here, I know I know Pink's going to be joining as well. So we're definitely going to have some Strange Indeed flavor. Um, but there might be some surprise guests along the way. So more to come. So We have Pink currently locked in a room with a television in front of him. And he is not allowed to come out like Marty Bird. he is completely caught up. Yes, like Marty Bird. We've got him taped to a chair, <laughs> uh, having him wrap up. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, we are excited for you to follow us to the Ozarks, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. 
You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And you can leave a review for Strange Indeed at Apple Podcasts. A lot of great things happening at Podcastica. You know, if you haven't been checking it out, Jason and our good friend Kirk are covering Moon Night on Disney+. Plus. Holy crap. That's an amazing show. I'm loving it. I have only watched the first two episodes, um, which is killing me a little inside, but I've been yep. super busy. Me too. <laughs> um, and I've been loving it. And that's another show that I would have never watched if I hadn't been involved with Podcastica. Yep. That w- I would have never turned that on. And I'm so glad I did. He is so amazing. Yes, it's it's a I I think it's brilliant so far what I've seen. Again, it's it's what's great about being in this podcastica family and and being a fan of the podcasts in general because you get introduced to some new things. And so yeah, mm-hmm. be sure to check out Jason and Kirk um, with their coverage for Moon Knight. Um, we're also covering um, as I mentioned earlier, Better Call Saul that just premiered earlier this week. In fact, the episode just dropped like super super early this morning so it's available now did you watch it yeah oh that's great yeah um so definitely check that out um me and jason and david are, are covering that and um it's just uh absolutely perfection in in is, my opinion is that david david karen's david karen's david oh my gosh that's yeah great. i love him he's a great podcaster he's a great podcaster See, I, I i have to put that on my list just so i can listen to the podcast absolutely he's and he's so brilliant he's a huge uh you know fan of the breaking bad uh mm-hmm. universe like uh, jason and i are um and of course a better call saul and i mean he's so smart and knowledgeable about mm-hmm. it and it's just great and um i i i really enjoyed doing that first we covered two episodes at once so it's a marathon um episode um but it was worth it and it was great um so yeah be sure to check out all the great things happening on house or on a podcastica and of course we're releasing this i don't know what the heck else we're going to be doing on strange indeed until stranger things comes out i'm i know everybody's like what the hell y'all gonna be doing i don't know it's Um, not that far away really it's it's not you know and, and we've just been really super busy schedules aren't aligning so i don't know what happens but just just stay tuned. We'll see. Ne- next episode here for at least the second half of season four of Ozark, we're going to be covering season four, episode eight. And they haven't released the titles of any of the episodes yet. I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's good. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Wendy. And Cindy Barrick is strange indeed. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.